Okay, we're finally back from a month-long break, and that was the shittest race ever. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was very boring. The It's the opposite of coming back with a bang, whatever the opposite is, this was that. But at least we have Miami to look forward to. Woohoo! Mm. Another crap one! <laughs> How did you entertain yourself with F1-related things over this painful month-long break? Honestly, I didn't. Uh, and I've, like, the playoffs are starting with the NBA. I'm following the NFL draft. Like, I'm even following, like, soccer. I'm just saying that because I mentioned American football in the same sentence. But I'm even <laughs> following soccer scores. So, yeah, honestly, F1 took a big backseat in my life. I did a couple of F1-related things over over is it an off season the half off season Sunita and I went to an F1 podcast show P1 with Matt and Tommy my fave F1 podcast that was really fun and it was just an all-round F1 hoot and then I had an interview with Williams did Sunita tell you about this no oh my god yeah so um, I applied for a job with Williams on a whim but I was pretty sure because it was it was it said five days a week in the office and I was like, okay, I can't commute to Oxfordshire. I live in London. <laughs> but I'm going to apply and then try and convince them that they should bend the rules for me. Anyway, I did. I, I got an interview and then <laughs> I tried to, I was like, hey, so, look, any flex on this whole five days a week in the office thing? She was like, no. No, it was it was, a, it was a really nice chat. That she was like, "Oh, you're you're so perfect for the role." I was like, "I really, really love F1." Um, we had a really lovely conversation, and then yeah, she was like, "So are you okay with five days a week in the office?" I was like, "No, I'm not." But you know, is there is there any flexibility on that? She was like, "No." So that was that. And you wouldn't move out there for a job in F1? No, I I I love the city life. I can't I can't move to the countryside. What? What if the team was Mercedes? So would you move to is it Milton Keynes there? It's I think it's it's quite near. I think it's like such Brackley. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you move to Brackley to work at Mercedes? No. Wow. I actually You could have run into Toto in the cafeteria. It would be exciting, but I know this sounds weird. I'd actually rather not I'd rather work for a team like Williams that I like, but they're not my favourite. But so like I gently support Williams mm. and I want them to do well. I'd rather work for a team like that than Mercedes because I don't want to see the inner workings of a team I support the most because then you particularly in HR. Like you see the <laughs> you see the dirty laundry. It's enough to make you dislike people. I'd see Toto at his worst. <laughs> you know? I like I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. So I don't know like would I want to work for Mercedes? Maybe not. I mean, Mercedes, if you're listening, don't get me wrong, I'd take a job. But <laughs> as long it, as it was remote. As long as it's not from Brackley. <laughs> as long as I can live in London, okay? <laughs> so there we go. That's how I filled my time. <laughs> that's, a pretty, that's a pretty good F1 adventure. Yeah, a good F1 adventure. But sadly, here I am not working for Williams. But... Did, you get any, did you get any tidbits out of the, out of the interview? Not really, not really. They, seem, they were very nice. They were very nice. They seem, they seem nice. Yeah. But guess what? What happens to nice guys? They finish last. Hey. Oh. <laughs> yeah, gutted. Gutted. It was it, it was exciting to be talking about the cost cap in an interview. Though. <laughs> I was like talking about HR and how it relates to the cost cap and performance. I was like, oh my God, this is so fun. <laughs> it was really fun. But 
Here we go. To no avail. <laughs> um, some been so there's been some juicy F1 headlines over this weird break. Is Fernando dating Taylor Swift? He's not, but it's just a wonderful. It's just this is what the internet was made for. Yeah. Both for the news to 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 spread, but more importantly, just for the memes. Yeah. And the comedy. And the PR, the fact that he's fanning the flames, like it's, I only heard about this the other day on a different podcast and I was like, yes, this is, this is what we needed. I'm totally with you. It's the most ridiculous rumour and the fact that he's not denying it pretty much purely for PR, I'm here for it. Someone said like, do you think Taylor Swift even, she probably does now, but do you think she even knew who Fernando Alonso was before this? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. (sighs) Oh my God. I'm here for it. Oh my god, I just thought, okay, let's come up with another. Let's start, because the question is, where does this come from? And some people hypothesize that it was literally someone on Twitter who was just bored and who, who started it. Let's start the next one. What's oh. the other crazy power couple of F1 plus somewhere else entertainment? Ooh, this could be fun. Hmm. This could be fun. Who could? Who would be a wild celebrity to be dating someone in F1? I I feel like Lewis would be a good one to pair up with someone. But he would actually make sense. Like, unless you took a really shit celebrity. So maybe someone like Yuki with someone. Like, that would be quite entertaining. Like, Yuki and... I don't know. Rihanna. That that would be be wild. No, but... Surprising, given she's pregnant. (laughs) Yeah. Particularly scandalous. (laughs) It's Yuki's baby. (laughs) I think she'd definitely know as soon as it happens whether it was ASAP <laughs> Rockies or Yuki's. Surprise! <laughs> I thought I was just trying to think of a cruel one because, and you're going to know who it's going to be about: Max Verstappen and Melania Trump. Oh my god, I'm here for it. <laughs> that I mean, still be moving up in the world. <laughs> Whoops! Did I, did I just bring politics into this podcast? Oh, maybe this could become a political, <laughs> a political F1 podcast. But I like the like the thing about the Alonso one that's so good is it's crazy. But I mean, the first thing you do is you do check. Is it? It's not true, but but is it like it? But it could. It could. One percent can yeah. be true. Whereas, it could be. yeah, I'm trying to think a Lewis one. Yeah, it's it's Lewis could be dating somebody exactly famous. like you yeah, said. Taylor it, Swift is like that's like fifty percent could be true. A hundred percent. Someone Rihanna sure he could be dating yeah, Rihanna like probably pr- probably is. probably is probably did. I did enjoy the commentators throwing in the 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 song name. That was my favorite. Which ones did it. you pick up on? Blank space. Yeah, the one that you said yeah, I enjoyed I that. I I saw the clip of Will Buxton interviewing him and throwing in loads of song titles and him <laughs> saying i've already answered this and then he answered it as if he was answering a question on the sprint format or baku and he's like <laughs> taking the piss he's really throwing himself into it I, oh. I, and i obviously his tiktok where he was like he but he did the tiktok with a taylor swift song like he's just <laughs> he just doesn't give a shit i i love that he's just throwing himself in it's so funny it's so funny. That's my top headline of, of the semi-off season, the baby off season. Um, <laughs> the other headline of the baby off season that I'm excited about is that Charles has been talking to Mercedes. Everyone has been denying it. Toto said they've absolutely not spoken apart from him asking where the gate was uh, <laughs> at Melbourne Airport. But it could, hap- it could have happened. Is, but is Melbourne Airport 
F1 is the gate. I mean, a gate, a gate's an exit, exit out of Ferrari. Mm, mm, it was mm-hmm. there, There's a lot of Mercedes at an airport. I mean, that's a pretty, Toto, come on. If you're going to veil something, do a better job than that. He's obviously oh, admitting to it. You're so right. You're so <laughs> right. Obviously, I want Charles to take Lewis's seat whenever Lewis goes. So I'm really supporting this. We'll see what happens. But that was, that was one of the headlines, be it true or not. <laughs> obviously, the other Charles Leclerc related one, which was, I think everybody saw this one because he hit number six in the iTunes charts. He released a song on the piano. Oh, I've seen the video of it. I didn't know he actually released it in the charts. He wow. released it on Spotify. And he, uh, he did... Uh, have a little chatter about him and Lewis having a collab. <laughs> yeah, I saw this but, today. Yeah, but uh, maybe Lewis is a little bit upbeat for him because his song was a little, a little somber. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, the poor fella. Of course, it's going to be somber. But it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And maybe releasing all his sadness out into that song is what made him do so well this weekend. The other bit of news was that Lawrence Mekis, Mekki, I don't know how you pronounce his surname, um, is leaving Ferrari. He's the racing director at Ferrari and he's going to be joining Alpha Tauri because their team principal, Franz Tost, is leaving at the end of the year. And after he's been there for he's been there literally for like ever so he's retiring i think he's retiring anyway he's, he's getting on and he's he's off and laurent laurent is going over and is taking over to be team principal yeah, i mean i guess you take team prints like coaches in other sports as you'll take if you're moved not a coach and you're moving up to that you'll just take it wherever it is but like that's alpha tauri is not a team that's doing great things these days no it's terrible and it's probably going to be sold soon, so who knows what's going to happen there. It's quite actually, now that I'm saying it, that's quite a risky move because chances are if the team's sold, the new owners are going to want to install their own person. So, But I guess then you have that team principal on your resumes. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't think they've decided when he's moving over either, so it's at some point next year. But yeah, he's going to be heading over, which is going to be interesting. Probably Franz Tost is famously brutal. So it'd probably be an interesting difference in leadership style. So we want to watch. And that, from what I can tell, are the, they're the main headlines that we got in our baby off season. What was your favourite thing you saw on social media over the past few weeks? Was there anything that stood out to you? I enjoyed the VistaJet, was it? Yeah. VistaJet commercial. So this is Carlos Sainz. If you haven't seen this, I assume it's probably on YouTube. Look up VistaJet Ferrari commercial. It was Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc doing a commercial for this private... It's basically an Uber for private jets. Yeah. Somewhere between twelve dollars and $20,000 an hour, you can basically just rent a jet, which is just a good price point to know. <laughs> but yeah, it was a fun ad, and they definitely um, upped their game from their Shell commercial. They've improved uh, it. <laughs> so yeah, I enjoyed that. What about you? my i did have one favorite but it got topped so actually i'll tell you them both (laughs) my so my favorite was mercedes taking a dig at ferrari on instagram they basically somebody commented on something they posted on instagram about them not posting what something about them not posting what the people wanted i.e it was like a top they wanted a topless photo of lewis or something like that 
And they commented saying, we are not at Scuderia Ferrari. (laughs) 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 Because all Ferrari posts is basically close-ups and often quite raunchy shots of Charles and Carlos. So Um, this is why Sunita likes Ferrari so much. (laughs) Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Yeah, they really go hard on social media on lots of close-ups of the eyelashes of those two, (laughs) lots of facial close-ups, often them getting into cold ice baths. Sometimes them in, like I think there's one of them in the shower once. There are so many of them so that really really tickled me that mercedes took a dig at them it just really made me laugh that they picked up on it so that was my favorite but my next favorite that i saw that actually topped it was was this let me show you i I will describe it for the listeners it was a picture of the hole in max's car you might have seen it from the sprint weekend with george in his classic opening sequence pose in the hole <laughs> I hadn't seen the real picture or that actually. It was oh my god, it had me in stitches. Him him in the hole with those arms. Honestly, it it just fits so perfectly. It it's laid me. We've, I don't know if we've talked about it, but I know you've talked about it on the pod and we maybe we've talked about it off about why he did it and how it happened and now I'm just thinking it's a stroke of genius. It's by far the most memorable intro pose ever. It's so funny. <laughs> It's so funny. I absolutely love it. It, I, I just they, they interviewed. They asked him. Um, somebody asked him on because me and Rael when we did the pod a, a couple of pods ago, were like, "Why? Why did you do it, George?" And they Mercedes asked him in like a Q and A, and he was like, "Oh, we were just trying out loads of different poses." <laughs> Didn't answer the question of, but why did you pick that? <laughs> out of a hundred, why pick? would that be one of them? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one you picked. So we still don't know. We still don't know, but. Absolutely love it. So that was my favorite. <laughs> yeah, good choice. So on to Baku. Okay, before we even get into the sprint itself and the George and Max drama, which was basically the highlight of the sprint, but probably the highlight of the whole weekend because... Well, that and the photographer is almost getting run over. Yeah, it was absolutely fucking mental. The sprint format, What I, I've got some opinions. I was quite open-minded going in to see if I would prefer it or not. I now have a strong opinion. What is your opinion? Do you prefer the new format or not? I hate the new format. Now, <laughs> they started the sprints lo- uh, completely last year. Yeah, or, uh, or was it two years I ago? I think maybe two years ago. Yeah, so when they first started them, there was a lot of, I'd say, negative buzz about it. Like, oh, why are you trying to fix it? But I got it then. I thought it was interesting. I thought it made sense the way they did it. So I was all for sprint races. And... Now this, I'm 100% against. I feel like they it's almost like everything that people were saying that the sprint races would do and it didn't do before, now it does. Like, it's a distraction. I also think the f- lack of practice is a huge problem because obviously yeah. there's only so many hours in the weekend and there's only one practice and everyone was crashing in the... Uh, in the one of the multiple qualifiers, the sprint race. So I think they really suffered and they weren't getting good setups. I heard some people in the post interview saying that they just hadn't had time to figure out their setup. So I think that's terrible. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that also even I heard someone who was coming up, like dreaming up their own version of it. And they said, well, at least you the one, the one practice session, you would make it long, like two hours. But they didn't. It's still just one one hour session. And the most, I think the most dumb thing is the fact that everything that happens on a Saturday 
is there's no impact on the race. I thought the idea of having quali for the sprint and then sprint dictates the uh, beginning of the actual race on the Sunday. It makes sense. Like everything, it's like it's a build up. It, it, it's a build up exactly. It ties together. So and now it doesn't. It's just kind of this mini event. Like I was watching it with friends who don't watch F1 yesterday, and they were just really confused. That it, I, I said, "Oh, it's like a mini race," and they're like, "Wait, so is there a big race?" I'm like, "Yeah, tomorrow." And they were just like so confused and. The fact that they're doing this after the in the Drive to Survive era, where F1 is so popular, like it's it's the definition of like why are they trying to fix it when it's not broken? Like it's the furthest thing from yeah. broken. And this is just like you added something by some miracle it worked, and you're tinkering with it again. So yeah, vehemently against. <laughs> I I agree with you. I agree with you. I think for every reason that you just said, I also thought it was weird that we had qualifying on friday for sunday and then we had saturday i was like this is weird yeah. like the order was weird yeah, it didn't make right. sense like that it was like you do friday for sunday and then you have saturday which is separate i didn't like that so there, it wasn't like the normal build-up i thought it's really shitty on the lower teams because it basically meant that there's nothing to play for in the sprint if you're if you're not the top four teams essentially because before with the old sprint format if you qualified 20th then you can really go for it in the sprint because you might be able to make make it up to 12th and then that really impacts you for the race because you're starting way higher up in the grid but if there's a there's no point risking any damage to your car and really going for it if you if you qualified 20th for the sprint so you're just not going to bother going for it so there's no benefit to you so it's really just a sprint for the top for the top few teams like for the top 10 really because it has no impact on the race so that pissed me off because it's just it's shit for the bottom teams so that and, and there's no because there's so few laps because it's so short that they, they can't get any higher up so that really irritated me it's literally just there for the top teams to get more points so that was my my other gripe with it it was weird don't love it i hope they change it back but i don't think they're going to are they for this year at least i think this is the format for the year it wasn't the most exciting sprint. It was nice to see good things happening to Charles Leclerc for once. I was pleased to see two good things happening to him, two poles. <laughs> but Max called George a dickhead and they caught it live on air and then proceeded to call him, a other, just essentially slate the guy again and again and again to so many different journalists in various press conferences. So I wrote down a flavor of the few different <laughs> things Max has said about George this weekend. Um, so what he said to the Dutch media was he called him Princess George. He obviously, as we know, he called him a dickhead. He said, this is typical of the Brits. He said, <laughs> expect that for next time in reference that he would do the same Max would do the same thing to George. He referred to when George was explaining what happened to him, he referred to this as his beautiful way of explaining. So, yeah, he was pretty pissed off with the guy. My my view on the situation, it, the, the whole scenario is George didn't behave perfectly at the time. He did squeeze him a bit. It was obviously a mistake. He did lock up, but... Max would have done the same thing, 100%. as we know. And I think everybody, everybody has said the same thing. Max is not exactly a clean racer. George generally, for the most part, is a pretty clean racer. 
George didn't do it intentionally because you can see him trying to when like in the third turn, which is where he actually did the damage. You can see that he's trying to turn, and that's where he that's where he locks up. And Max would have done exactly the same thing. He should have just backed out. You know, it was a racing incident. Yeah, there was no Max penalty just, or anything. There was, was no it? penalty. Max needs to get over it. And his comments were absolutely crackers, but it was really really fucking funny and i love it when max loses his temper because it is highly entertaining so i was really enjoying it for pure comedy reasons what's your take yeah it's just typical max like everything that you just said the reaction i do like the fact that george is now kind of being brought into this mercedes red bull feud yeah because i'm sure like lewis is being like i know buddy like <laughs> welcome, <laughs> to like, welcome to my world exactly <laughs> Should we get onto the race? There's nothing to say about it. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's what what were the interesting things that happened? Charles stayed first for the first. We were talking before how many laps it would take. It took you said three and then I pushed you higher and you said five and it was four. So you were pretty much spot on. Within four laps, Max was ahead. And then I guess the main exciting thing, which we didn't even pay that much attention to because we thought, oh, this is just one of many exciting things that's going to happen, was De Vries went out. Uh, he just stopped, so they needed a safety car. Uh, and Max and Max and Lewis pitted right before the safety car, so they got unlucky. Yeah. I mean, Lewis literally has the worst safety car luck on the planet. Max is normally exceptionally lucky with safety cars, so he did get some bad luck for once this time around. De Vries, he's having a stinker, an absolute stinker over time. I feel like, I mean, he has had some bad luck, but I also just feel like he came into F1 with some really high expectations of how he was going to perform and he's really not lived up to the expectations, which must be really disappointing. Yeah. It's a shame. I think you can probably blame the car for quite a lot of it, but yeah, it's just, it's not a good look. It's not. It's not. Yuki's doing really well though. He, like this year, he's, I think he's had he's had a very good start to the season. Did he score? He scored a point today, didn't he? I think came he came tenth. tenth. Yeah, Yuki's having a really strong start. I mean, he qualified. Did he qualify eighth? Or was that for the sprint? I can't remember. That's another problem. Is you kind of lose track of everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he qualified eighth for something. He's doing well. It's interesting to, to compare Gasly versus him last year. You know, Gasly didn't have a great season last year, but it's. It's interesting. It's it was Yuki getting better actually and starting to match Gasly. I thought Gasly was just having a bit of a shocker, but actually maybe Yuki was just really improving and was actually matching him towards the end. And now we're starting to see that Yuki's actually relatively strong. Yeah, I but I so I I think I get him as a person. He's like funny and everything, but I as a driver, I don't understand what's for lack of a better sentence, what the point of someone like Yuki is in Formula One. He's never gonna like he's never gonna be the main driver. I guess the best case for him is that later in his career he he can be a Valtteri Bottas yeah. uh to someone else. Yeah. But that's like a long shot. Like for every Valtteri Bottas, there's ten Hulkenbergs that don't get their second or third chance at another team. And yeah, I don't know. I to me I still baffles me that they keep keeping Yuki. Because you want to basically, in my mind, you want to bring in fresh talents in, into these lower teams so that you can identify and then move them into the bigger teams like fairly quickly. And he's clogging up a spot at the moment. So, and I don't think he's like, no one's going to be looking at him to like move into like one of the good teams. 
I don't know. I feel a bit more optimistic about him after the beginning to this season. Okay, to give, give me give me a scenario, like his next five years of his career. So I think he, I don't, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not seeing him as like a Red Bull number one ever, but I don't think that that, I, I think very few drivers are, are gonna hit the top three. Teams. Sure, but so I could see him as like a, a Alpine driver, you know, like a midfield driver eventually. Something like you know, if he's on Gasly's level, Ocon's level, I could see him as a midfield driver. But like Gasly and Ocon are like they're both they've been they've been stuck as midfield drivers, and they are let's be honest, probably the highlight the highest they're going to get in their career is going to be this year or however long this stint lasts, Alpine, unless they have a breakthrough. But I feel like Yuki is a week, is a level below those guys. Oh, but he's, he's at the beginning. Yeah, but like, they're still only in their like late 20s, 26, 27, I think they are, the two French boys. And Ocon has a lot of experience in like different teams. Gasly obviously was out for Tari for a long time, but they're both Grand Prix winners. Like Yuki has never been on a podium. And he and he won't in that AlphaTauri. I think for Yuki, you know, the AlphaTauri what in his first year in AlphaTauri, that was maybe when he, the AlphaTauri was his, the best. It's gone downhill since then. That was his that was year. Gasly won yeah, it, <laughs> but that was his rookie year, so he was never going to be doing very well that year. And now the cars got worse when he's got better. I mean, it's going. I predict that he probably won't get renewed if if he's on a one-year contract i think he's out next year i think i th he is on a one-year contract uh, yeah I, I don't know if he'll get renewed either i don't know i think liam lawson will come in to nick devries's seat next year i don't know if you will be renewed or not what do you think's coming to devries you think he'll be straight out in the bin wow. if, if his form continues the way it is i think he's in the bin 100 percent. Wow. he's had an absolutely diabolical start but i think he's making yuki look good <laughs> so, that's my that's my thinking <laughs> Baku, what else did we see? Signs, there was a big gap between Signs and Charles. He's not having a great start to the season. I mean, Car Carlos is very humble and I think has himself said he wasn't happy with his performance this weekend and he hasn't been able to get to grips with the car the way he hoped. I think, I don't know. I, I wonder if Ferrari are a little bit disappointed with his performance. The other, the other team that you can compare was Stroll was 30 seconds behind Alonso this weekend as well. So, I mean, he's, we know his seat's safe, but that's an interesting one to compare to. Let's talk about a positive thing about the race, the yeah. teamwork between Alonso and Stroll, like that heartwarming. So beginning of the race, Stroll was right behind Alonso and he said on the radio, I'm not going to attack him. Uh, they relayed the message to Alonso, who then... <laughs> Classic Alonso was like, well, you can try if you want, but he obviously I mean, knew it wasn't a good idea. And then later on, I think Alonso was giving tips about the setup of his brakes or something to yeah. relay back to Stroll. So, and that the commentators cute. were like, we don't know if this has ever happened before to give yeah. live information. I think it's just a case where they, it's probably one of the most clear um, role, who has what role. Obviously, Alonso knows that to not fuck with Stroll, like yeah. if he starts crashing into him or whatever, or is like, dismissive he is the owner's son but then i'm lauren stroll has probably said alonso's having an amazing year like you do everything you can be his you can be his bottas with the to yeah. lewis sort of thing so you guys work together and they i think they are a great pairing i, I again i guess it's I, I guess for alonso it's much easier to be a good teammate to someone like stroll where there is such a big gap in yeah. skill whereas with with ocon that level that gap wasn't quite so intense you know like someone like Lewis, clearly they were never going to have that level 
positive relationship. Like his previous teammates, it's not been like this before. Whereas with Stroll, he can help him out. Stroll's never going to be a threat to him. So I guess it's easy to have that harmonious relationship because he knows that Stroll will never come anywhere near to his level, level of skill. But I think Stroll's still like he he doesn't look great here compared to Alonso. But I think he like I think he's way better than Yuki even like Stroll. Obviously he's in a better car at the moment, but like I think he gets a lot of shit for the fact that obviously like he's a pay he's a pay driver. Yeah, I think he's all right. But he's pro- yeah, he's proven himself as being that solid like that third category of never gonna like you know he could he could in the right circumstances he could win a race like Gasly and Ocon did, especially in this Aston Martin this year if four of the front the front cars crash yeah. into each other it is possible it's, yeah it's possible it's but yeah possible. i think i think they're a great they're not as in they're the best but i think they're a very compatible pairing and it was nice to see it was nice to see i uh, agree i think it was interesting that so max and lewis we said got unlucky with their uh pitting and uh perez and george got lucky with theirs so the res- it resulted with perez being up front max behind him then they just tore away from the field what was yeah. the gap between them and the next non-red bull like by the With end them and charles i think it was about 20 seconds or just below 20 seconds um but perez stayed ahead and he by the end he did build like a four or five second at one point he had like a four second gap so and obviously it's a street circuit that he's good on yeah so good on perez like I, we find yeah. ourselves now rooting for him just just to change it up yeah like and <laughs> just generally for competition like the only person that can yeah. possibly compete against him in the constructors is perez so we just we just want we just want it to be interesting we just want it to be interesting and at least in the early days because there are a few street circuits it's like we can give ourselves a bit of hope. I think post Monaco, that hope's going to go in the shitter because that's when that's when the circuits where that's when we get into the European leg where the street circuits go, um, and it's all onto the all onto the traditional circuits, which is where Max is going to win them all. So, but for this stage, let's give ourselves some fake hope that maybe Perez could win. What else happened in the race? Did any, was there anything else remotely exciting? Oh. Ocon at the end, what the fuck were the FIA thinking? We saw we saw on the checkered flag afterwards that someone from the FIA, the person that they so they essentially released the photographers into the pit lane early, despite the fact that they knew that Ocon was 100 percent going to be coming in for a pit stop. This person from the FIA has been summoned to the FIA. I mean that was that was so dangerous. And seeing the video, we've just watched the video from Ocon's angle. It's even scarier how close he was to running into people. I mean, it must have been scary for him driving in and seeing, and must have been so shocked seeing all those people there. Yeah, I wonder. There must be. He must have said something on the radio when he got close. We haven't seen that. It wasn't on that video yeah. you watched. I'm so angry about this. It reminded me a lot of the uh, tractor that Gasly almost mm. crashed into at uh, Suzuka last year. And like, does someone have to die for someone to like lose their job? Because this is Mad. and and when you consider that they did all this this shit trying to get Lewis to take his piercing out of his nose for safety reasons, yeah. and then you unleash photographers into the pit, like obviously, and it was so bad here because obviously it was the last lap, and everybody knew, everyone on TV, we knew that it was going to happen. Like they absolutely, okay. sh- they should have the exact same state until oh all God. the cars are stopped. It's so so bad, and obviously, like the with the tractor, they won't say anything, but. Some, yeah, someone had better get sacked. It was so awful. It was so unsafe. I can't believe that happened. I mean, that was all the highlights from the race, so nothing else happened. It was an absolute shite race. I saw a poll on Twitter 
that was rate the race out of 10 and all four options are one out of 10. <laughs> so, so all we can hope for is that things can only get better from here. Our, we've got an absolute corker of an outfit of Lewis's to decipher. Let's get it up. So I'm going to post this on Instagram for people to look at when we put out the pod. Oh, for context on this day, it was 22 degrees. <laughs> so this outfit, it is all denim. Looks like Lewis is wearing uh, a t-shirt underneath the outfit because I can see a little flash of white. It's green denim. There's some lime green ripped parts to it but it's quite a dark green overall and there's loads of zips and it looks like there's some like kind of shoulder pads in there and it's quite baggy. He looks like a tree that's been stabbed everywhere. That's exactly, exactly right. Weather appropriateness, 22 degrees. One? <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to find reasons to give him higher, but... I mean, I guess he could be wearing a hat and scarf and that would make it worse. I'll give him a, I'll give him a two just because it could theoretically be slightly worse, but it's, it's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty bad. Or maybe I'll give him a two as well because I don't, we don't know how much he's wearing under. This yeah. is what's difficult. If it's purely a t-shirt and a jacket in 22, I mean, he, he is in the sun though. No, I'll, I'll give him, I'll give him a two. It's pretty abysmal. What about, could you pull it off? I mean... You're in the pub. You're wearing that. Honestly, like it's not a, the the slash the slash. Apart from the slashes, it's a pretty not normal, but like standard outfit. Like you could buy that in H and M or whatever. So yeah, I think I could pull it off. Like it'd be like, oh, that's a bit eccentric. Yeah. So people would be surprised to see you in it. Yeah, not, but I mean, not pulled. Yeah, give it a four for me. Oh, what about you? I think a two. I'd, I'd give you a three but thank you. you know thank you whatever you think i think i think it would be i think people would be extremely surprised to see me in this <laughs> um, i mean i think that's true with it that's kind of given with any of lewis outfits uh, yeah <laughs> outfits. <laughs> yeah anything you wear they'd be surprised yeah i'm gonna give myself a a, a two i think they'd be extremely surprised if i turned up in this do you think Lewis ever has the opposite? Like he just turns up in like jeans and a t-shirt and they're like, whoa, yeah, like, what the fuck, why Lewis? aren't you wearing something amazing? Yeah. Why are you dressed so normal? <laughs> You're so plain and boring. Maybe. Did you see, did you see that he went to um, Donington to watch his brother? Yeah, So did. cute. And he was in disguise. Oh, looping back. I saw a meme that was basically a picture of Taylor. So he was, Lewis was wearing a balaclava. So no one could see him mm. except for his eyes. He put a picture of that. And people did a picture where they put a balaclava on Taylor Swift. And it was like in Baku uh, checking out my uh, <laughs> my, ba <laughs> my bay or something like that. Oh my God, that is brilliant. Yeah. Overall fabulousness. A two. Two. Like it's, again, compared to a normal outfit, it's mm. somewhat fabulous. But for Lewis, just no, it's a two. Oh, I'm torn. I'm torn. I'm going to go. I'm going to go three. Point five because it's the because of the, the of the slashes that's what's given given him the extra points. I, it would be noteworthy on the streets. <laughs> yeah, that's that's an understatement. If he, if he walked past me, I'd be like, oh, oh, Dom, look at that! Wow, look at that guy. That's um a surprising outfit. That is why I'm giving him three point five. I'm really excited to edit our faces onto this one. It's going to be quite a fun one to do. Who wore it best for? Yeah, yeah. Who won the last one? I won the last one, yeah. actually. But 
I do think the followers are biased because most of the people who follow me follow the podcast on Instagram are my friends. So <laughs> I say that though, Rayel actually won won the one before. So, you know, my friends hate me. So fuck you guys. <laughs> okay. Dom's data. I'm ready. We've got another lesson. And this one is gonna be on dominance at this point of the season. So the question that I asked myself, which is where all Dom's data comes from, is has anyone ever dominated a season at this point of the race more than Max has? Obviously, I thought of this before the race and he mm -hmm. came second. But the thing is, in the point structure, coming second, you're still getting a lot of points. So what I did is I went through a lot of, I looked, went through the most dominated seasons. So I found like the ones where someone dominated a lot. And then I looked at all of Lewis Hamilton's seasons as well. And so the question was, at this point of the season, not in terms of number of races, because it's changed, so like percentage of the year that's gone by, which is 17%, we're only 17% into the season. Um, how much, what percentage did people have of the available points? So in 2023, there are 23 races. We are four races in at 17%. Max has 93 points out of a potential 112. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad the sprint races didn't exist in the past because it was a lot e more easier to figure out these maximum points in the past. So he has 83% of all the points available. So, Becca, do you think there's ever been years where people have had more at this point? 83% of the available points. I reckon so. I reckon there have been. I reckon there's people have had the maximum. You're correct. Um, so if we go all the way back to 1969, it gets a bit weird there with the number of races because there were only 11 races. So the equivalent there is about two races. And um, Jackie Stewart had won both those races. So he had 18 points out of a potential 18 points. But interestingly, if we look closer uh, in time, uh, Nigel Mansell in 1992 had 30 out of 30 points mm -hmm. um, across three races. Schumacher in 2004, had 100% of the points, 30 out of 30. In 2016, mm -hmm. Nico Rosberg won all four first races and then obviously went on to win his championship. So that's 100%. And uh, Lewis, Lewis at this point had never gotten 100%. So looking at this data, I did realize that Lewis is kind of a slow starter. So even when he won, he sometimes wasn't even ahead four races in. Uh, his best start, was in 2021, oh. where four races in, he had 93% of the point, but obviously uh, that didn't turn out great for him. And yeah, and Seb had 91% in 2011. Schumacher had 87% in 2001. Uh, Jensen Button had 87% in 2009. And Lewis had 86% in 2019. Now, the reason I listed all of those is because those are all the ones then that had more than Max. Obviously, this is still a dominating beginning of the year, but obviously, especially with not winning today, it is still very possible. There are multiple examples of people having good starts and then things changing. Max will probably win. That's what I would bet my life yeah. on. Uh, but we'll see. Predictions for Miami. What are they? We've only got a week to wait. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we don't have a whole month. Just five days until we see cars on track again actually what, what are we thinking for miami okay i'm gonna really break the mold here and go something in a completely different direction you're not gonna go max dnf lewis win max dnf <laughs> lewis win charles second george third oh that's an optimistic it's so optimistic but it's like for the listeners i have this thing that ever since gasly won his race i put one or two quid on him winning 
the race. And now I have to do it every race. The odds are usually somewhere between 500 to 2,000 to 1. So all I need is for him to win one more race in his career and I will make all my money back. If he doesn't, I will be out hundreds of pounds throughout his career. But I'm doing the same now with my predictions. I feel like I just need to stick. I'm going to go Max one last year. Right. So I'm going to go Max Perez. Alonso. <laughs> <laughs> so we've taken very opposite yeah. strategies here. I've gone for literally the most boring podium ever. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to go for. I think um, I think it's going to be really predictable. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right. <laughs> I'm really, really, really. As really, always. I'm, as, as always, I'm rooting for your prediction. And as because... always, I'll be wrong. <sighs> um, I've got a would you rather for you. Okay. The answer is always neither, but I felt like I felt pretty good about the answers in the past. So let's see if I'm glad if you can fry my brain on this one. Okay. Did you see Yuki's wheel rolling down the hill? <laughs> yes, I okay. did. Okay. I'm glad. That was quite funny. That was definitely one of the top five highlights of the week. <laughs> Would you rather have to roll Yuki's wheel around the Baku track three times? Okay. Or Every time you make a mistake, like a big mistake at work, where like it's going to cost, it's going to take you like hours to sort it out. Max gives you a ring and he berates you for five minutes and like really tears into you and calls you a dickhead repeatedly for the next three years. Like every single time you make a mistake and you're making quite a lot of mistakes. Like you're making a mistake maybe every, I don't know, like two to three weeks. Oh, so we're talking a fantasy land here. For me, again, this is a pretty straightforward one because it is the one-off pain versus the constant. So definitely I would wheel that around. Wheel that around. Yeah. Even if even if you told me the max thing was just for one year and it's happening every couple of weeks, I'd still go for that. I think the only way I would answer differently, and sorry, not to not to break the game here and be like, here's my theoretical answer, but would be if it like if you told me only had the max thing only happens honestly i'd be very curious for it to happen once i'm like oh max Verstappen's yeah. calling me wow, hi, but like by the th- but no to answer your the actual question you asked i would i would uh wheel the tire around baku three times yeah uh i don't know how long that would take me but it pretty, would be a while pretty tiring mm. pretty tiring well there you go it's the end of the pod Hopefully we'll have more positive things to say next time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's been a de- depressing one because there's nothing nothing much good to say about the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, nor the new sprint format. Let's hope Miami Just really Taylor Swift, that's our, that's our positive. Just bringing happiness on, into our life. <laughs> come on, Tay-Tay and Fernando. Please, guys, come out and tell us it's true, surprise us, or, or say that these rumours have brought you together and you have now realized that you are in love and that you are going to pursue a relationship. Give us what we want because they have both recently. Yeah, exactly. That is one of the reasons why the rumor happened. It would be funny if like they got in touch and were like, obviously it's fake, but like... But shall we go on a date? Yes. Like, why not? Please give the people what we want. And like, I feel like people who... Like you and I are very well positioned because obviously we know we, we as you say we yeah. both like Taylor Swift and we both love Formula One. Though I think Taylor Swift is more the Lewis Hamilton of music than the Fernando Alonso. But yeah. Fernando Alonso, a lot of people don't realize that he's still like a pretty big deal. So it's not like sh- it's not like he would be punching if they did actually. Date. I mean, he would literally because she's so much taller. She's so much taller. <laughs> <laughs> not literally, obviously, but he'd be reaching. He, he would literally <laughs> be reaching. But. Yeah, if it wasn't for that. Apparently, she dated uh, one of the Jonas brothers who was the same height as Alonzo, so that's not a deal breaker. Oh 
Okay, well, she's open-minded. Yeah, there you go. Okay, right. This has given me hope. <laughs> we need to make this happen. Make it happen. Come on. to existence. Okay, well, this is fantastic news. Okay, well, now we can end on a happy note. We can end on a happy note. Maybe it's going to happen. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to the pod. Rate us five stars if you have enjoyed it. Follow us on Instagram so you can see Lewis's tree of an outfit with all the slashes through it. We'll be posting it as well as mine and Dom's faces superimposed on it. And you can pick <laughs> which of the two of us wore it best. And follow us on TikTok. I think that's it. I think that's everything. Oh, send questions? Oh, yeah, send some questions. I lo- we haven't answered a road question in a little while. So send a road question into formationchatf1 at gmail.com or on Instagram. I'll pop a little I'll pop a little question on Instagram for people to send them in. But yeah, it's been a while since we've done a road question. So send them in and we can answer some of your rogue ones, like who we want to spend time with on a desert island. It, it's been a while. It's time. But thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.